So today we're going to talk about your bout with doubt, which everybody <laughs> will have one, or we have more than one. Many, many bouts with doubt. Question is, who's going to knock who out? <laughs> huh? When you have your bout with doubt, who gonna knock who out? As <laughs> a poet, and I do know it. <laughs> I do knows it. <laughs> Praise our Lord. I was watching uh, uh, this uh, Esquire network. It's kind of a new network. Uh, it's kind of interesting. It's Mandy Mandy in a lot of ways. You know, it's a, it's a reflection of their magazine. Anybody is familiar with the old Esquire magazine that's been around for many, many years. And uh, it's withstood the temptation of all the other uh, masculine magazines to go pornographic. And so they talk about things that are of interest to men in all different facets of life but one of the uh, programs that I kind of like I started enjoying watching is called White Collar Brawlers and uh, yeah it, uh, brawlers is a good word because these guys are not professional at all but what they do is they'll find two guys who are m- more like competitors in the workplace and instead of them having all of their shenanigans go on in the workplace they decide they're going to settle their differences in the ring <laughs> so yeah so they take their act to the real ring and they have professional they have a professional gym that signs them up and trains them to fight and uh, they put everybody through their paces it's kind of interesting because you know you'll find a guy in the office who's you know pretty fit and, and goes to the gym you know to do his weights and all that kind of stuff like beating the air kind of people they're all beating the air because nobody's really a fighter in this group but you'll find some who are a little more fit than the other guy and the other guy is less fit so he's nervous can he catch up and you know how's he going to do but the whole uh the whole challenge that the the trainers have is to get somebody to hit somebody. After all the the training and the lifting weights and punching the bags and all of that, they get in the ring and they dance around. And uh, even in one of the clips, you'll see one of the trainers get the guy and hold him by his face. Can you throw the blank, blank, blank punch? You know, like that. <laughs> Just out of hell. The guy in charge of the gym says, I didn't tell you what's going on. You want to have fun? Go buy a puppy. You know, that kind of stuff. I mean, they really, <laughs> they really try to toughen these guys up. So they'll realize you got to get in there and really beat somebody if you want to win this fight. And so I think that's what we have in the body of Christ. You know, are we going to throw the punch? And after you throw the punch, then what are you going to do? You know? And so, because you know, once you hit somebody it's on and so you know if you throw one you gotta hope it knocks him down real good because you'll have to throw another one you'll have to block his so it's on after that and I think we have to be mindful of the good fight of faith it's very very much like that once you pray a prayer you bind and loose you take a stand is on and so you have to be willing to continue to contend for the faith is what the bible says so in first timothy chapter 6 and verse 12 he says fight the good fight of faith uh, lay hold of eternal life whereunto you are called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Now what he's saying is that you're going to have to fight. You remember in the good old days when you were excited about God and everything was rosy. And uh, now it's different. There's some temptations that have come along. There's some 
things that have caused you to slow down and, and not want to throw that next punch and so what the uh, author is saying here is that this is a a uh, faith that must be contended for because we have adversaries out here and many of the adversaries are within and and there are those without but how you um, I guess how you process and interpret things that go on in your environment is is the most important aspect of that. You know, the devil can be putting a lot of pressure on you, but you can resist him. But if you ever decide not to resist, then you're you're not contending anymore. You're not contending for the faith. You're not contending to stay peaceful. You're not contending uh, to walk in love in spite of what's being said about you, in spite of what's being done to you, in spite of the difficult situation that you're in. Uh, you have to endeavor to do these things and fight the good fight of faith. It's interesting in this uh, previous in the previous sentences he talks about things that keep us out of the faith. One is doctrine that's contrary to the word of God. You know things that that people are saying that are liberal. Um, you know are the biggest problem you know it's it's compromise where we our ears are tickled our flesh is tickled those kind of things that that we want to embrace that we know are not for us and but we want to embrace them anyway pressure to to not take a stand for God uh, what some people might call a conservative stand or they might call a, a high moral stand we want to be permissive and, and represent God as a permissive God and he's not permissive at all he's a holy God holiness is not it doesn't permit everything it doesn't permit everything you know when when we talk about being obedient to god the the whole the whole uh um bottom line is showing our love for God through our obedience he said that if you love me obey my commandments do what I tell you to do and that's how you show your love for God so that's never wrong to do it's never wrong to show your love for God in being obedient to him obedience is not a dirty word uh, it's not a, a word that that and it's not legalistic to obey God either you know it shows love when you obey God you know you obey him the best way you can I remember uh, there was somebody who was saying that they, that they would uh, they were accustomed to going to work and on the way home from work they would stop and and party with some friends you go by see who had some marijuana to smoke or something like that and they said after I got saved they said it was the hardest thing just to go to my house she said and when I would get home I would slam the door behind me and said Jesus I made it again and she said that every time she did it now that's not legalism folks that's wisdom you got me you know maybe she fought to get there or maybe she didn't really have faith and confidence that she had overcome and all this great stuff but she obeyed God see you get you get uh, that feeling of accomplishment every time you obey God you know any good psychologist will tell you 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 can stop a bad habit several ways you know one is a decision to stop and you, your, your mind never bugs you anymore about it and you make that decision some people make the decision to stop and they stop for a while and they go back and they stop for a while and they go back and then they finally get tired of going back and they just stop you understand what I'm saying and then some people just uh, you know want to stop they they'll stop in their behavior Behavior, but their mind still longs for these things you know and, and they need deliverance you understand what I'm saying uh, it doesn't come to them but that you can still stop the behavior that's getting you into trouble you got me and so you you need to apply those principles sometimes you know eventually if you stop doing something your mind will catch on that it's over 
you got me and your mind will go along with it and start renewing it or something else it takes about three months to do it but you know uh, mental health workers will tell you that they say well just do it anyway and and make sure you stop doing that and they they tell people this when when they're addicted to drugs they tell them that when they're uh, 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 what do you call it promiscuous people who are living a lifestyle that could get them into health problems and so forth and some so so you see the the desire or or the decision to stop is a good one in most of these situations it won't do you any harm and the Bible tells you to shun the very appearance of evil. Flee fornication. Get away from things like that. You know, make your feet get up and make you run. I think sometimes in the liberal church, people are waiting for God to make a change in them so they can, well, he's already made the change. You've got to tap into where the change is and move on out under the power of that change. You'll never find it if you don't make the decision to move. And so when we talk about contending for the faith, they're fighting the good fight of faith and laying hold of eternal life we are talking about uh, uh, a situation where we're wrestling for mastery over an enemy or over a foe uh, when he talks about laying hold on eternal life that's a wrestling term where you lay hold on your opponent and pin him down so that he doesn't overwhelm you and he doesn't defeat you and he doesn't get up and and, uh, punch your lights out kind of thing so when we're fighting the good fight of faith we have to understand that we are are validating a confession that we've made without the confession there's really no fight what the enemy is trying to get is our words trying to get us to change our words trying to get us to say our words aren't you know he really wants us to lose heart where God's concerned he wants to lose confidence in God and so if we never contend for the faith what we are believing God for comes up to be more like a fairy tale you know if you never see it and it never manifests how do you know it's true and see that's what gets frustrating for some people they they feel that they're obeying God and they're being faithful to God but they're never really in the fight they've never really thrown the punch and made that stand to make sure that they withstand the wiles of the enemy to try to push them off of it and so they wind up never knowing uh, what their faith will bring about because the the enemy can dance you around the ring for a long time you can be swinging at him you never touch him he never touches you but you don't get the prize either because you know you can go on uh, round after round after round like this it's a good thing they have a limit on the rounds and real fights because some people get up there and dance in that ring forever never hit anybody and stand in the corner try to act off you know bad and all that kind of stuff as you know they're believers like that they're in there they sound like everybody else they talk like everybody else they you know say or, or they, they can even get in agreement with you and pray with you but when it comes to this aspect of it I'm talking about contending for the faith taking that stand and fighting the devil off with everything that's in you fighting yourself with everything that's in you fighting to maintain your stand that God is going to do this for you etc etc they never enter the ring so many Christians never entered that ring and and you've got to do it you've got to do that to lay hold on eternal life it's something worth fighting for see Jesus laid down his life so that we can fight he didn't resist so that we could resist you see and so we don't have to take that because the price has been paid for us to just have a good fight with the devil so the, so the writer here says to lay hold of eternal life so what are we fighting well your biggest enemy is doubt and doubt is is kind of unique in that it actually is is not so much doubt where you don't believe God's word period but it's where you believe something else more than that 
or you have some kind of belief system and it's a system of believing it's not just one thought where say for instance if if you're uh, struggling in your health and I believe Jesus is a healer well do you believe he'll he'll heal you yes when well I'm not sure well how are you going to know when you know can you in in doubt will always keep us from pinpointing and nailing down our promise see we can be believing I'm believing I'm standing I'm doing this and I'm doing that well if you're not contending resisting and insisting on pressing forward you know, if you take that step back if you let doubt push you back and then you stand there and let him talk to you and tell you why you can't go forward in this see doubt is a roadblock that prevents us from going forward in our faith it just stands up there and says no you don't and this is why mm-hmm. and so it tells our spirit man to stop because it's afraid of losing its grip on your life your flesh man doubt comes from your flesh he's afraid of losing his grip on your life and that's why he'll he'll get aggressive and oppose you when the word of God comes in there and then you want to accept the word of God and you want to believe the word of God and then 15,000 other ideas will come to you why you can't believe that so doubt has its own system of backing itself up with details with explanations with evidence (laughs) data so it's afraid of losing its grip on your life doubt focuses on the natural realm and so if doubt can keep you interested in the natural or the seen realm and it does it to protect its hold on your life Paul says what I don't want to do I do it anyway and what I I say I'm not going to do you know that I do I hate I despise doing it but I do it anyway he says wretched man that I am you know some believers don't think you live like that but I know you do you know what I'm saying there's some things you you wish you could get over real fast but you don't get over them as quickly do we and so we 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 are kind of in this quandary we're in this battle you know to to lay hold of eternal life pin it down and and embrace it and make it our own that's what we are doing in this fight of faith and so you want to make the things that that God's promised you you want to make them your own you want to embrace them fully you don't want to let them go you don't want to let them you don't want to let the devil come up and tell you can't have that and wrestle it out of your hands and snatch it away from you once you lay hold on it you want to possess it you want to take it and you want to make it your own the enemy will look at you and say who do you think you are you can't have this you know that anything that that doubt can tell you it has a voice and it has a very aggressive voice and it has a very powerful voice it has a very authoritative voice in fact I think sometimes people will listen to the authority of doubt more they listen to the authority of God you see because the same same person that, that can, can tell you give you a prophecy can come and, and tell you you know to hold on because God's going to do it and you get angry at them because they're trying to encourage you in the things of God and so this is something that, that we have to put in check uh, because doubt will will wrestle us away from what God's promised us and then and the writer says that you've, you've made a good confession in front of many witnesses so that's when you really feel bad oh what are they going to say at church yeah, I didn't told everybody God's going to do this <laughs> he ain't done it yet you know you kind of hate to show up uh, and look at people because you think they're making you responsible to see to it that you're promise comes to pass see so doubt does all of those things it'll put that um, self-consciousness on you where you you think it's up to there's something it's it's your responsibility to do this but really it's your responsibility to fight the good fight and maintain your stand it's God's responsibility to bring it to pass and so doubt has so many voices so many faces so many facets to it so because it will want to keep you away from from the things of God now doubt focuses on the natural or the seen realm because that's all it knows 
So sometimes, you know, the the seen realm, the seen realm really is is a realm we have to live in, and we do need use natural faith for the seen realm. But you have to be able to distinguish, and your spirit man can distinguish when he's allowing the scene to help you and when the scene is your enemy and when you're talking about things that you hope for and things that are not seen the scene realm is your enemy the scene realm can be your friend say for instance if you if you know uh you haven't put gas in your car in a week and it's still on full see the dial still sells full you know something's wrong and the scene realm helps you you don't need a word of knowledge to know. You understand what I'm saying. You don't. You know. The, so the seen realm can be your friend for certain things. It's not your friend when you're trying to get something in that's going to change the natural realm. And see, that's what the Word of God does. It changes the natural to line up with the mind, the will, and the Word of God. And so when that kind of change is is making its way into the earth, not only will your own mind, your carnal man, fight you, but the the, uh, forces of darkness that help your carnal man will fight you as well so that's why you have to contend for it you have to lay hold of eternal life because it's it's escaping us see it will exit your life if you don't maintain your position and maintain uh, your faith in God doubt fears faith in the unseen doubt is really afraid of faith in the unseen now you can see doubt and unbelief unbelief is is a, a force that really protects the soul from uh, from investing itself in something that's not real see? unbelief say for instance if I told you uh, I got a unicorn in my garage at home well you doubt that and that unbelief holds your mind in a realm where it the, the your efforts will be spent wisely rather than being squandered on believing in foolish things so there's a sense in a human soul that it likes to be invested in things that are going to work, things that are going to pay off, things that are going to come to pass, things that are real. In other words, when you get to the things of God, that that distinction is not so easily made by your natural man. See, he can't really say that faith in God is going to produce this because he has no knowledge of the unseen realm he has no knowledge of the faith realm because he's tied into this natural life so the only thing that you can do with the natural man is get him out of the picture and allow your spirit man now to take the lead and to come forth in these things because these things are real to your spirit man See, they're not real to your flesh man because a natural man cannot evaluate spiritual things. So he has to sit on the sidelines and watch. And every now and then he'll butt in and try to have something to say to your spiritual conversation. So your natural man will butt in and say, well, uh, how's that going to happen? You know, uh, especially if if it's something like, say for instance, the doctors have told you that that you're fighting something that's not going to have a cure. And, you know, you'll you'll start to want to believe what the word says. None of these diseases, you know, I don't have disease. I don't have disease in Jesus name. God says none of these diseases and and your your natural man will say. But you know what they told you at the doctor's no cure for this. You know, we're not looking for a cure. We're we're saying we don't have this because the word says God won't put disease on me. This is not for me. Whatever this is, it ain't disease. It ain't from God, and I don't have to have it. I don't care what you're talking about. And so you can get in these very twisted conversations with doubt because doubt really wants to to protect the natural man. He protects the life of the natural man. He focuses on the natural or seen realm. And wants to protect its hold on your life. 
I know uh, many people say things like, well, uh, there's nothing wrong with getting a diagnosis. Well, if you get a diagnosis, you're going to have to fight that in order to get your healing back. If you can refuse it at the beginning, see, it's going to take the same faith. This is going to take you around a couple of more turns that you don't have to take in order to to get yourself right. Now, I'm not against people going to doctors. If you feel like you got to go, like they can help you with something, go get help. But let your faith not be there because eventually your faith is going to have to get in God because you're run up against something that they can't help you with. You know, just like the believers that'll go and get and get uh, doctors will say, "Well, we can't find what's wrong. I don't know what's causing these symptoms." Well, we've already already said you don't get disease; you have symptoms if you're a believer. You know, if you believe that scripture, none of these diseases, and all you have is symptoms. Why keep going back saying they couldn't find anything? I'm going back again. I'm going to second opinion. Second opinion will say it's nothing as well, as long as God wants to to validate that word to you. You know, He's a merciful God; He'll help you to understand. Now, why don't you believe what I told you about yourself? You know, none of this stuff is for you. And so when we when we talk about and then too some of this stuff you can you can have symptoms and, and all kinds of things in your body and not feel anything from it. Your faith will keep you from living the reality of it if you live in the spirit. So there's all kinds of different ways God can manifest the truth of his word to us. We just have to understand that once you begin in the word you need to fight to maintain the word and not fight to get the natural to validate your situation you're going to fight something because that fight is in us you got me that fight is in us and so we need to put our energy in our spirit man to fight to lay hold on eternal life to lay hold on the things that are of God to lay hold keep all your faith in God's kingdom and don't move it out again I used to uh, drive my husband crazy sometimes we go well, this was when I was not a Christian and uh, we go to Las Vegas or someplace like that and we would gamble and I would gamble I'd make all kinds of weird bets <laughs> black and red pass don't pass you know betting against myself and he would he would say I'm not even standing next to you he didn't want anybody to know he was with me a crazy lady making a crazy bet because he would try to teach me how to bet and I, and I just couldn't I said well suppose that one doesn't work I need something over here and I just you know had to put something on every little block on the table and so he said you got to understand that once you start he would always try to explain to me he said well if if luck is with you then it's with you all the way in one direction it's not over here and over here he's trying to explain that to me I said no but you don't so he just leave me he would be way over there and I, he said don't even come to my table he said oh it was get away from here so anyway but but it's true for us as faith people too you keep all your faith in one kingdom don't put your faith over in the kingdom of darkness for a while when it seems convenient or easier that's what everybody's looking for they're looking for an easy way and they don't want to fight if you want to have fun go buy a puppy huh? <laughs> but we gotta fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life and make that make it a good thing don't look at it as you know don't be so quick to form opinions about things in God when you belong to God you have one opinion and that's his you have me learn how to adopt God's opinion about everything and don't you know well this is hard or this is easier this is this is what difference does it make you gotta you're looking for results you're not looking for process you're looking for results the process is what it is but you want the results they do what you have to do to get the results you need so we said doubt focuses on the natural or the seen realm and it wants to protect its hold on your life doubt is afraid of faith in the unseen 
because it's afraid of something it can't control something that's not familiar to it and this is why we have to fight or contend for the faith in Jude 1 or Jude uh, verse 3 I guess there's only one one chapter there Jude verse 3 it says beloved when I gave all diligence to write to you of the common salvation it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly 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 not um, half heartedly not uh, you know like sometimes we do playing a tape in, in, in the background and watching TV or you know that kind of stuff but focus earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints so there is only one brand of faith that we've been given only one brand it's not several and see this is the thing uh, when you hear people liberal Christians saying things like well the church has to revive revise its its uh, policy about homosexuals well, we don't have a policy about anybody you know we have a we have a, 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 a already have uh, commandments that we must obey we're, we're in a covenant with God to obey all of his commandments and his commandments are against all all illicit sex and homosexuality being spelled out forbidden by God and there are a number of reasons anybody that looks at the Bible and looks at humanity can tell why that's forbidden it's considered to be folly it's considered to be confusion and it's against the law of life God would not permit something that breaks his laws the law that says be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth he would not allow behavior that breaks that law or contributes to the breaking of that law he's not you're not if you don't cooperate just just in a natural sense just take God out of the picture for a minute if you could but not not speaking of the Bible commandments or anything if you don't obey certain laws that lead to life or contribute to life life will cease so it'll cease to be and so God didn't create man to be extinct he created us to live forever and so this is the way it's done and so it's to me it's kind of foolish for people to keep arguing this and it's, and for church people now you keep seeing church people popping up with something to say about this they're so crazy and insecure they want to get famous by saying something you know what I'm saying they want to have a voice and a message that God has not given them all he's telling us to do is preach if we preach the gospel to people if we tell them about God's love to, to deliver us from sin it's sin that hurts your life it's not Christians and it's not people it's sin that hurts your life and God has already dealt with that and removed it from your life so you don't have to live like that anymore you have to make excuses you don't have to protest you don't have to spend all your money uh, trying to get laws enacted and all this kind of stuff to no avail you can change whatever law you want to you won't change what God says still got to get by him so there is only one faith it's a faith that he says once was delivered to the saints people all often will turn back instead of contending and that's what we see now we see people not willing to fight for the faith when they claim they love Jesus and he went to the cross and how much they appreciate that well if you appreciate that then you'll fight to maintain the faith that he's delivered to us that's how you show your appreciation people don't understand that the fight they don't know that there's a fight within all of us that wants to manifest itself and so if you don't fight to to maintain the faith of God and see his promises come to pass in your life you'll fight something else 
Yeah, I mean, you'll fight something else. They want to fight what's without. You know, people, they want to fight something they can see. And so you'll see that with people who, who turn back in their faith in God. They want to fight something, but they're going to fight. Usually, you can tell when people aren't believing God anymore because they're angry. Uh, their countenance changes they, they don't have any joy anymore everything's all serious and you know all this kind of nonsense and if you come in with joy they're mad at you and so forth and so on and so you know they they're not in faith anymore and then they'll start contending with flesh and blood so they'll start looking at other people who are joyful and blessed and happy and they're mad at you not your friends they're mad at you and so you know I see it all the time among church people you know there's always somebody everybody thinks shouldn't be blessed because they don't like them well I, I like I love her but you know she no there's no I love you but there's never any I love you but there's no I love you but you either love somebody or don't love them you love them as they are you love them when they sin you love them when they make mistakes you love them when they snap at you that you love them when they're nice to you you love them all the time and see in church we we won't grow up we refuse to grow up and start doing that we like religion we like to pigeonhole everybody we like to keep people in a box and think somebody's getting away with something you know that's the first thing yeah getting away with something because they're not like me well God didn't call me to be like you he called me to be like Jesus can you see something of Christ in me somewhere sometime huh? if you can't you ain't looking hard enough oh and you know who are you anyway you know what I'm saying I mean come on now we we got to get beyond this because this is a red herring see these little church games keep us from conquering that devil out there who's holding people in bondage see gives us something to do that we think is religious activity instead of doing the work of the ministry that we're called to do so you'll come in church and fight church people and you won't even witness to your neighbor scared of your neighbor scared to talk to them scared to invite them to church scared to find out what's going on in their lives scared to pray for them tell them you love the lord yeah, it's true yeah absolutely so don't get diverted by this natural nonsense contend for the faith contend for what God's promised you every time you fight with another believer you believe something negative about them or you get involved in something dark and you're thinking about somebody you diminish the faith that you need to get that thing that you need so badly see what I'm saying you can't you can't have your faith in both kingdoms and you can't cheat God see he wants us to love him with all of our heart soul mind it's very important what you think about God, what you think about his people, what you think about you, what you think about sinners, what you think about everybody. There are people in the church that have higher regard for sinners than they do for saints. You know, you see them on Facebook pointing a finger at, you know, always got some controversy about the saints, picking at the saints. And then they talk about how we got to change our, we got to love the homosexual. Well, you better love God's people, buddy. You better love everybody. Or you're going to find yourself out there with them if you're not careful. And so we, the, the love of God is without partiality. You don't despise some people and find fault with them because you think you know the Bible better than everybody usually what it is you know they've read a couple of extra books and think they're an authority on you know on God now you know that kind of nonsense and so we we have to be careful how we we deal with God's people you know we're we are God's people I saw something kind of funny I was watching uh, there's a, a lady I see her little Facebook post sometimes and she said uh, she's from Uganda and she runs an orphanage you know she'll put the pictures on there and you know she said uh, she said um, what did Jesus tell Peter he said Peter feed my sheep he didn't say sheep feed my Peter <laughs> you got it 
Paul said, I'm, I lay, the parents lay up for the children, not the reverse. Mm-hmm. You've got to be careful what you expect the sheep to do for you. You really do. You can't look at God's people as being unlimited funds. You know, that's not right. It's just not right. It's not right. No more than you would look at your own children and expect them to take care of you. So, so. Oftentimes, when we are withdrawing our faith from God and we're gotten interested in the natural, getting distracted. You know, looking at the natural, I never, I never can get this, and God never gave me that, and I can't get this done and get that done. And and people, when they get in that mental predicament, then they're angry at the saints who believe. See, the Bible says Noah passed judgment on the whole world with his faith. By faith, Noah. In the King James, it says, "Condemn the whole world." But the other, some of the other translations will say, "Pass judgment." See, your faith. Whenever you use your faith, you're passing judgment on all the people that don't believe. Got me? You're passing judgment on their unbelief. But if they hold on to that unbelief, see, there's two things you can do when judgment's passed on you. You can repent and get it straightened out. And get out from under the judgment. Or you can fight to hold on to your stupid thinking. And then you go down with the rest of the people that drowned in the flood. You got me? And so many times that passing judgment feeling comes to people when they're standing outside of the faith that you're in. And they feel like they're some kind of outsider and you're an insider and it's some kind of club going on there. It's no club at all. It's just that you believe God, which they could do. And some of them used to do it. But then the devil talked them into letting go. They let doubt win the the good fight of faith. And so uh, we have to be careful about that. Be careful when you have these angry feelings toward people. Negative feelings, jealous feelings, uh, mad feelings, or or uh, scornful. Now, many times people will smile at you and then grumble something under their breath behind. You know what I'm saying? You got to be careful about that kind of stuff. You can't can't live like that as a believer. That's not love. And they want to fight the saints who believe, or they fight the preacher, they fight anybody who's passing judgment on them with their faith. You're still believing God for something, and they've given up a long time ago, passing judgment on them, and they get angry. And so... When you remind somebody that they should be standing in faith and they get angry with you. You understand what I'm saying? They're, they're letting doubt win this wrestling match. They're not laying hold on eternal life. They're not fighting to contend with the, with the faith or to, to maintain the faith. They're fighting to get out of the faith. Got me? Two different things. Faith is within. The woman with the issue of blood knew that she said within herself that's where it's important for you to talk it's not important what your confession is to your religious friends and you're trying to impress them with how much you believe God more than they do it's what you say within that makes all the difference in the world so the woman with the issue knew that because the kingdom is within it is in your heart kingdom is within you it's not seen but it is hoped for so the things that you desire are hoped for the bible says hope does not make us ashamed huh why doesn't hope make us ashamed? Because it, it, if you stay in love, it says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. As long as you can, can say that you're maintaining yourself in the love of God, there's, there's a chance that's going to come to pass. See, you haven't stepped out of the kingdom yet. As long as you stay planted in the kingdom, it doesn't matter if your confession is right on point or you uh, quote a lot of scripture all the time or whatever you do. As long as you're invested in the kingdom and the love of God is being shed in your heart. You don't have any grudges against anybody. You're not mad at anybody because you've been praying just like they have and you haven't gotten anything yet. All that nonsense. 
you know you can maintain your position in God that's that's maintaining and so when you when you know you're walking in love you have every right to expect well oh yeah see love is better than a good confession (laughs) obedience is better than sacrifice all that just good old-fashioned stuff folks and you know you won't be ashamed when the when the day comes when when you know everything is revealed or God is ready to to present that to you. You that's your confirmation that your waiting is not in vain. That you won't be ashamed. You got me. You'll be ashamed if you you're disgruntled, you're upset, you're angry, and you don't you know you don't have any peace about you. You know, you'll wind up being ashamed because you've got to stay in the kingdom and let the kingdom reign in your hearts in order for these things to happen for you. So we have to contend on every level. When we begin, we begin with the word of God. So the word of God gets sown in our hearing and in our hearts. And at every level, there's some type of contention for you to hold on to that word. Because it will get away from you. We begin by seeking God usually. You know you have some difficulty in your life. Or a need in your life. And you seek God. Whatever your need is. The answer must be God's word. It can't just be what we want. It's got to be God's word. It's good if you can talk to God about what pleases you, what things you desire. Don't get up and say, well, just anything, because just anything will walk in the door. Then you'll have some complaints about that. God wants children to make up their minds. And what causes us to make up our minds? Feeding on the word. So you get all your ideas about what you like and what you don't like, what you expect. You get all of those from the word of God. Now the word of God sometimes looks like it's just far out there. Gosh, how could you do all of that? I mean, that just sounds too too wonderful, too marvelous. Well, it's supposed to. Or else we wouldn't want it. If it weren't out of our grasp, we would not want it. And so we we begin to seek. So we seek God and he answers. Whatever our need, we, we said the answer must be the word and not just what we want. It's good to get your inspiration from the word. Know what I mean when I say inspiration? What, what, you, what you feast your eyes on should be the word. Don't covet. You know, sometimes you don't even want something until you some, see somebody else with it. That's covetousness. You know, many times when you're a a group that you belong to, a peer group, you know, uh, when you're in high school, all the kids, everybody's going off to college. If they're not going off to college, they're going to get married and go have a job. So you try to fit yourself in to some group so you won't be left out. And so that's, that's how covetousness gets established as a way of life because we really don't want anything until we see somebody else with it. Amen. And so when we when we begin to covet, we need to go back to God and you know, go God, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't even realize I was over in there already, you know what I'm saying? And and what do you have for me? I want what you have for me. See and get inspired in the word. The word oftentimes will not inspire you for things. The word oftentimes will inspire you for internal character, spiritual character, spiritual uh, strength, spiritual uh, uh, power and accomplishment. And see when you do it that way you're seeking the kingdom and then things get added. Things start following you, person of good character. Things start following you, righteous person. Things start following you. See, you go in the Word and you see, remember the old days we used to go in the Word if we were having problems with something. And not problems with other people, it was usually problems with us. 
those were the humble days where we we felt like we weren't uh, spending as much time in the word as we should you know and uh, you know my attention span isn't what it should be for the word or you know I got a bad habit here I don't like and you know it causes me to to not get along with people and I want to correct that God help me with that see we used to go in there for the right things and then all of a sudden we want to go in there and get all the healthy wealthy scriptures out and all that and it's good to have that in your mind but you don't pursue that you know you don't pursue that you pursue what your needs are most people don't go in the bible trying to find out how to be millionaires they go and find out trying to get the next paycheck and the next bill paid and so absolutely you know that's that's really how we live and so once you understand principles that will add to your wealth and you decide you're going to obey those principles anybody can be wealthy that's not hard it's really not it's really not you can you 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 develop principles that will lead you to wealth you know, everybody knows what they are. Don't spend everything you have. Quit sitting up there waiting for the paycheck, getting it spent before you get it. Quit letting it be on your mind before it's here to cash it. That's covetousness. You see what I'm saying? Treat it like it didn't come to the house when it comes. Just let it go in the bank and don't use any of it unless you have to. Those kinds of things. Those things lead you to wealth. Hmm? It's how you manage what you have. It's not the amount that you have. It's what you do with it. So, and what you do with all of it. You know, some people think if I give tithes and offerings, woo, I'll blow the rest. It's that shot. You know, it's not true. You have to be wise with all of it. God has no delight in that. He really doesn't. I was listening to Fred Price. You know, his principle was right. He's kind of, I thought, a little off in, in the way he was delivering it but he did say that he believes God for a certain uh, level of of wealth and so forth and so on he gave an example that there was a young preacher that needed to had run into an emergency and was going to lose everything if, if he didn't get that money for him he said and I was able to write a check for X number of dollars and he said I couldn't have done that had I not you know what I'm saying well you know in God's kingdom there's all kinds of money out here all kinds of people he can tap to do it you understand what I'm saying so we don't justify our believing for you know to be a millionaire so that we can help somebody God's helping that person you just were the one that had in your possession you understand what I'm saying but you can be a good saver you can be a good provider you can be a person that lives very frugally there's all kinds of ways that you can uh, can save there's there's tons of people around that have money that's in the bank that they can help others in case they have an emergency we have a church where you can take a love offering that same ten thousand dollars that came that way could have come through the saints putting together money to help that individual so there's all kinds of ways to do it it's just that you know don't try and justify something that you you hold personally uh, because you think that God's using you to supply other people's needs you know you're not the only one in other words you know it just and that doesn't justify uh, our way of thinking and our way of believing so but anyway it's good that God has people who are in possessions and in positions to to give so that bills can be met I know we had the conference this time for some reason everybody waits till after you know now the the first offering looks like nothing and the second offering is large so now we're having to take two offerings because somehow people train themselves to do that and so what what you have to understand though is that there are people out there in a position to help and those people need to be invited in to help so that they can be blessed as well so you know that kind of thing so there are all kinds of ways to to get the work of financial work of God's house done and God can make money when he wants to can put money if he can put money in a fish's mouth he can put it anywhere you got me so he knows how to call up resources when he needs to 
oftentimes we work too much in the natural even on that you know what I'm saying a lot of times preachers want to have large numbers so they don't have to worry about finances not me it's just we have to understand that faith will work all the time in these situations so when we when we seek God he'll give us the answer to our need so if we're seeking him and we need peace with him then once we have peace we make a stand and we have a good confession so we can make a stand and say well God I have total confidence that you're going to do this for me your bond is peace you've given me your word peace is like a handshake from you I know I can trust you and I know I can depend on you instead of depending upon our faith and our obedience and all this other stuff you do that anyway no you don't start obeying God once you need something you should be living a life of obedience that's not going to work it's like you know uh, kids that, that are terrors up until a month before Christmas you know live on the naughty or nice principle Santa Claus is watching I want something and all of that and we're not like that in God's kingdom you you don't have peace if you're a disobedient person you don't have peace about anything you get peace because God gives it he grants it to you you don't just get it from him like you can get that on your own so once we have his handshake he gives us his peace as a bond or legal tender until we receive what we're asking for so that peace should hold you you know you shouldn't go running back to God asking for three confirmations 14 fleeces and all of that kind of stuff that that peace is your that's your legal tender that should hold you and hold your heart and your mind and and keep your heart steady and keep your mind from wavering and wandering if it if it wanders a little bit it, you pull it back into peace thank you father i thank you i'm not going to give up on what you told me you're going to do and you know show me my next step so I can move toward it I'm not afraid to move toward what I've asked you for so we have peace we stand and confess a good confession man so you you may share it with someone if you have a prayer partner and, and that's a strength that, that you can have or sometimes it might be a private prayer but there is something about private prayers you got to make sure you're in faith with that and you're not ashamed of something you don't bring shame into the the throne room of grace you gotta you gotta have it everything naked and open and above board before God and so you know it's good to have agreement on things you know if you can't get one person to share it with you can find somebody else to share certain things with but you know I always like agreement because I know there's somebody there that's upholding the faith you know so if you get weary or something like that that other person uh, God can go to them to to keep you in the in the hunt you know land hold and then pretty soon they look up the person that's that's got your back looks up and you're back in faith again you got it because uh, God forbid you get a prayer partner that's going down the tubes with you you know what I'm saying and just don't want to uh, I was waiting for you to get rid of that prayer because you know what I'm saying. You can't do that with people. So you may want to, but you can't do that. So it's best to get agreement in case Satan is trying to get an advantage over you and get you to disconnect. So when we fight or con- contend to maintain, uh, uh, actually fighting is contending to maintain your stand you're standing there for something you've you've risen to your feet expecting God to deliver it to you and the enemy's trying to push you off of your stand no uh, in some forms of wrestling they they have a perimeter that you can't go outside of you know so that you can stay in the fight and so that's what we have in God you can't you can't move outside of that perimeter so uh, uh, wavering though uh, people sometimes will waver 
Uh, they'll get some, get to a point where they get weary waiting, and then some news comes to them about why this can't happen. You know, something like that. For instance, wavering is a sign that the enemy has counterpunched you. Mm-hmm. Well, why would you waver if he didn't? I mean, come on, folks. You don't just push yourself off of your stand. It's kind of silly. But the enemy will come to you with doubt and say, well, it's taking, how long is it? Ooh, it's taking a long time. He's like the guardian of time. Reasons always appeal to our natural understanding. So he'll punch you with doubt. With a doubt and it'll be a reason. Reason why this can't happen for you. Reasons always appeal to our natural understanding. For instance, if you if you are um, wanting, and I see this sometimes with people who want divine health, but they take medication and they want to get off the medication. Well, don't look at the medication as your enemy once you've made it your friend. You know what I'm saying? Let it stay your friend until you don't need your friend anymore. You know, so keep yourself focused. See, you're fighting two on two fronts then. You're fighting your spiritual self and then you're fighting your natural self. You can't fight both of them. So, you allow yourself to be to to be comfortable as far as the natural realm is concerned but that's not where your faith is your faith is still to walk in divine health and then pretty soon you just won't need it anymore you know it's just that way one day you'll forget to take it and forget to take it and forget to take it and you realize you don't need it anymore go to the doctor and they'll say oh, oh well you're you're better now I don't know what that was but it's gone now so whatever the other thing the enemy punches us with is news about something that we're believing God for. Um, you were thinking uh, God, you were going to get this job because they were expanding. Then the news comes they're not expanding. Well, was your faith in God or was your faith in the expansion? Uh, so you have to check yourself and get yourself out of natural faith and get it over into supernatural faith. Supernatural faith can create a position for you and create a job for you. And so if you let it stay over there where God is, then he'll work with the faith as long as you leave it in his hands to do it. The other thing he'll punch you with is evidence. Natural evidence. Mm-hmm. Natural evidence. For instance, if you're uh, believing uh, for a normal blood pressure, then it goes up higher. While you're taking your pills. Uh, Natural evidence. Do you still maintain your stand in God? I am healed. Or do you go with the natural evidence and go down that road? Forget about what God's doing in you. And so these are real struggles, folks. I mean, it's hard to fight against some of this stuff because... Most people would look at it and say, well, just let me go this route. And you can go that route, but make sure you keep your stand. You contend for the faith, earnestly contend for the faith. Not in a haphazard way or just going through the motions, but you earnestly contend for the faith. And and fight that devil and start speaking to him. Sometimes you need to pull out another weapon. You need to start talking to your body. You need to start talking to your mind. You need to start talking and prophesy the word of God to these situations so that you're contending for the faith. You don't move off your stand. You're still standing and expecting God to come and give you victory over that thing. If he says none of these diseases, that's got to be proven in your life. You got me once you take that stand. Many times the enemy wants us to relinquish our stand and disconnect our faith. If we have a disconnect, the devil can delay our victory or receiving what we need and desire. He can also cause us to quit. And that's what he really wants. He likes quitters because they need a lot of attention from him. So he can, you know, fill your mind with self-pity. They ain't right. They don't treat me right. That wasn't fair. Why did they do me that way? 
have. You can get a lot of things happen to you that aren't fair. And you'll be doing everything right, so to speak. You know, as a child of God, you look at yourself and you say, well, I... I thought I did what God told me to do. I was pretty sure he told me to do this, but it looks like it's a mess right now. Well, welcome to the real world. You know, just because you're obeying God doesn't mean it's just going to, like, butter. You want it to be butter all the time, but sometimes it's not that way. Are you willing to contend for it? Do you love God enough and do you believe him enough to fight for what he's given you and not let the enemy have it? That's what he wants to see. He wants to see faith. Faith fights. Huh? Faith fights. Faith does not sit back and just wait for something to happen. Faith is willing to fight for what it believes in. <laughs> so many times, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, one of the complaints women have uh, sometimes about um, men, well, he just really wasn't willing to fight for the marriage. So that made you fight against it. Yeah. Amen. You're the problem, huh? Usually. But people want to see that you're willing to prove your confidence in that, prove your love, or prove that you know that you desire something. You're not passive about it. And God demands the same thing. He wants to see that we're willing to believe His word. That when the enemy comes and wants to steal it from us, or doubt comes and wants to put up that barrier that we can't get through, are you willing to put on your little Superman uniform and blast through that thing and show God that you really do believe Him? we're willing to fight and we're willing to stand and maintain then we show God that we really really do believe him and we really love him what do we have Miss Juana we need to stop here huh and we'll stop Father we thank you for giving us an opportunity to understand what it means to contend earnestly for the faith this faith was delivered to us and it, it is in jeopardy of being stolen every time we step out Lord, every time we step out and want to do something in your name, there's an opportunity for the enemy to steal. He'll steal because we'll look at natural things and lose our confidence in you. But we need to understand that all we need to do is just maintain that good confession, earnestly contend for the faith, and allow you to manifest yourself greatly in our lives every single time we step out. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray.